0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Yawa. We are here to answer your questions and to start off with a brief announcement slash mockery of myself. Um, I did lose my cell phone this weekend in the lake. So uh, if you have attempted to contact me and uh, haven't heard back, it's probably because there was some form of loss of translation there. I lost a lot of stuff, not everything. I was able to kind of pull from a backup because I'm real on top of those back from February. Ah, yeah. uh, So, if you haven't heard from me, just reach back out. I am not ignoring you. I just lost my phone and the lake.
1: Good story. What did, what did Ethan learn from this story?
0: Um, Don't help people.
1: That is not what you learned.
0: Well, I lost it at the boat ramp. I jumped out of the boat because a gentleman slipped on the boat ramp, fell, and I went, oh my God, jumped out of my boat, went over to help him, and it flopped out of my pocket into the edge of the lake, and then there was a good, pretty, pretty good amount of waves and undertow. <laughs> it's gone somewhere.
1: So, I, I was actually referring to the fact that you probably learned that you should back your phone up a little more often than since February.
0: Okay, yes, I should also do that. I, I did set it up now. it's uh, there's This is a really cool thing called technology, and my phone is now set up on iCloud backup, so every evening it backs all my stuff up as long as I'm connected to Wi-Fi, and I sh- shouldn't lose anything if I happen to lose my phone again.
1: So, moral of the story is...
0: Back up your stuff, yo. Yes. So we had a really, really fun weekend, though, and a great puppy send home. All the families came. All the puppies went. It was <laughs> fantastic. And in that process, we actually were given a couple more gifts. So we wanted to say a quick thank you and talk about those for a second. Somebody knows I'm a bourbon fan. and So this is the Jefferson Ocean we've talked about on some of the other things. This is Voyage 17.
1: They have multiple different voyages, and all of them have slightly different things that happened to the bourbon as it was aging, so depending on where the voyage actually went and what kind of seas they had and things like that, so...
0: Yeah, seas and temperatures and all those all those fun factors. things, so we're going to be trying that today, and then we also were given...
1: Well, wait, 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 wait. Oh. I'm announcing because you don't know how to announce well enough. We were also given by the same gentleman, Chris, uh, Abeja, which is a red blend. It's um, He said that Abeja means bee, so this is an interesting wine that I'm going to try because though Ethan loves bourbon, I'm not quite, okay, I'm not a fan at all of bourbon. Uh, I don't have the acquired taste for it or Whatever it is, but I am going to drink a little bit of this red wine and I'm gonna drink it out of one of those oh, yes. fancy so glasses. It's
0: a local uh, distillery called the Gulch or Gulch Distillers, and uh, he got us a couple of Glen Karens, those these little sipper cups. So she's gonna sipper some uh, wine out of a cup and I'm gonna sipper some whiskey out of a cup. Now. And
1: then also from Pete and his family, they got us, and this is really cool standing stone vineyards they got us a red wine as well but they said that this is best chilled which i haven't done yet because i'm really bad about like thinking ahead so i'm not going to try this today because i want it to taste as amazing as they say it's going to taste so i'm going to chill that and maybe that'll be popped open on our next uh yawa oh my goodness
0: easy now hey
1: Anybody know what kind of wine bottle opener this is? I do. It's the best kind, but uh, only if you know how to use it properly, right, babe? <laughs> you heard just
0: picking. <laughs> it's got a little bee on the inside of that.
1: Oh, I need to keep keep the cork. Keep the cork. cork. Let me see if I might show you that.
0: Uh, I don't know if it'll you'll pick that up, but there's like a, a bee right on the end of
1: that. But we had a great puppy sent home with the Breezy Walker litter this weekend. We got to meet some really great people from all over the country as well as reconnect with some of our previous puppy buyers that are getting another dog from us. Uh, and it was a great weekend. Hopefully you got a chance to watch the video that was posted yesterday. We did I, like a
0: little highlight reel yeah. of all of the excitement that is getting a dog from us. And I actually
1: watched it and cried um, because I've, you know, Helped raise this litter for the last eight weeks, and I knew all those puppies so well. And oh, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. And it was really touching. So I, I cried. I, I will admit. So good job getting that B-roll, Ethan, and our videography editing aficionado, Silas with Red Eleven Media, did a great job putting that all together. So. I also wanted to make a quick announcement because we've been being, we've been being asked. You've been asked? Maybe that's better grammar. Uh We've been asked on social media quite a bit. Did you keep a puppy? Everybody wants to know, did you keep a puppy? Well, yes. Yes, we did. I couldn't pass up an opportunity on this litter. We've wanted an opportunity to get a puppy out of Breezy for a while now. Um, And so, yes, we kept a puppy. We actually kept Tornado. And to make things super confusing, we ended up naming him (laughs) Cause I really loved that name and I didn't want it to just go away because nobody used that name from the puppy send home. So I was like, I got to do it. So his now registered name will be Standing Stones Calm Before the Storm, which is a little bit of a play on his mama's name, which is Standing Stones Prairie Storm. And he is a pretty chill, calm little fellow. So I think that's going to fit him really well. Uh, And then Jess, one of our trainers, she actually kept a puppy from this litter too, a little female. She kept Windy. And to make matters, you know, slightly confusing as well, because why not? She's going to name her Twister because, again, loved the name and nobody used it. So we got to try that. And her name is going to be Standing Stones. Eye of the Storm, again, a little bit of a play with the storm theme with Breezy's name. So I thought it would be a fun uh, little matchup with those two puppies. So
0: Yeah, both puppies have a really calming uh, presence and personality, which goes hand-in-hand with the calm before the storm. And the Eye of the Storm is like that calming in the middle of all of the disaster. So it's kind of cool. Very cool.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: You're supposed to like, ching. Oh.
1: That's really good.
0: I like this a lot too.
1: Good. <laughs> well, thank you again very much, Chris, for yes. the wonderful libations. We are going to enjoy those while we answer some great questions from you guys. To get started, I thought this was a good question to kind of segue into about us a little bit because you know, we started off with some announcements and we need to kind of continue that. So from Mariah Connerly on Instagram, hi, love all your content. Sometimes I can't believe how much advice and training tips you give to us for free. You maybe have answered this before, but how did y'all get into training and breeding hunting dogs? Um, We have
0: kind of answered that before, but it's not a bad thing to talk about again. Basically, I really, really, really wanted a hunting dog, and growing up was we had a family dog, and I kind of talked about wanting to get a hunting dog and i was was told no, so we didn't need any more dogs at the house and I made a decision when I went to college that I was going to try and make that work. We tried to do all of the things quote unquote right for the dog in our opinion and we made the decision to get a dog once we had an offer on a house that we were closing on within 30 days and all of this stuff clicked into place and then it didn't and the the house situation actually fell through but we ended up getting the dog in preparation of so then we raised a puppy, short hair puppy in an apartment and needed help and reached out, did all the research that I could do and ah shoot. We're actually going to do um, a video on this because I found it the other day. It was actually it was the first videos that I found online that I tried to utilize to help myself learn how to train a dog. It was kinda, which is a
1: lot of what people are doing these days. They're yes. searching the YouTubes and finding the videos and trying to emulate what's going on and work with their dog themselves.
0: Now it was about eleven years ago. Now it'd be pretty close to that. Twelve. 12 years ago 12 now years ago. that we got the dog and I started doing these things. And at the time there were virtually zero videos on YouTube about hunting dog training. Specifically, I'm searching stuff like how to teach my puppy, how to start this, how to, what do I do here? All of these things. And there was very, 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 very little. I wish that I had been able to start creating videos like we are doing now. Then we would be, but um, all of that being said, we... I found a subscription service, and it was an email thing that I signed up for. That they sent me a video every week of this little black lab puppy doing training videos, and it, it petered out after like the first month. They only did four videos, and the first video was like, um, I don't know, it's like a, I, I'll show you the video in another video. We'll kind of do some reaction to some of these earlier training videos that we tried to utilize. Uh, I think that would be kind of fun, but. I watched those and then I did find somebody else that had a couple videos and I reached out to them and was like, these videos are really like poor quality, but the information is good. And I reached out to them to see if they would trade because I'm a poor college student at the time. Would you trade out some help with the training videos? I could try and help you shoot some and and we drastically improved what they had at the time. But even watching those now, they were pretty bad too um, that I helped put together. So... All of that being said, going out there um, turned into a job offer to do what I was doing, helping with that aspect of things and the the media and the growth and the, everything as a full-time job. And then once I kind of got a majority of that cut up, I'm like, I really don't have enough work with this anymore. I uh, can help train dogs. And that turned into a full-time dog training position. So.
1: And because... I absolutely also love dogs and puppies. When I got to see what Ethan was doing for a job, I was like, I need to do this too. I need to figure out a way where I can also help train dogs and be part of the puppy stuff because I love the puppy stuff. Anytime there was a litter being born at that kennel, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to help whelp the litters.
0: She'd come sit with me in the evening while I'd sit with dogs all night long. For free,
1: just because I loved it and I wanted to learn. And it was really interesting to me and I love animals. So we uh, would sit and watch puppies be born on whatever, um, Saturday night, on our evenings, days, <laughs> yeah. whatever, free. And, uh, that really just confirmed to me that I had a passion for this as well. And I wanted to learn as much as I could so that, um, we could eventually do it for ourselves a little bit differently, but for ourselves, big,
0: it was a big facility. There were a lot of dogs that moved through there and I got a, gained a lot of experience in a short amount of time and, uh, After about three years of being there, Kat and I got the opportunity to move down closer to my family um, and all of our family now. And uh, that's when Standing Stone Kennel started. So The rest is history.
1: Yes. And if you go back and watch some of our other yawas, we've hit on this topic in the past in small little pieces here and there. So watch everything. Subscribe to our channel. Like everything. Hit notifications so you don't miss any of the videos, but you'll get all of our backstory eventually.
0: Yeah, definitely. We appreciate all of y'all that subscribe. But there is there is one subscriber that has topped them all in as far as I know. Um, she actually reached out to me and said, Thank you for all the content you produced. I have literally watched all of your videos. I was so boring. people say, we watch all your videos. She said, nope, I've literally watched all your videos. I'm caught up. I'm ready for the next one. Are you guys going to continue to post every single day? Or how is that going to work? Because I watch everything. So if you can compete with watching everything, throw a comment down below and we'll give it a big heart and shout out. So
1: Because that's pretty dang impressive.
0: Very impressive. We have one or two videos out there.
1: Yeah, just one or two. And then the last question that I went in, and then blah, blah, blah. Let me just have another drink of wine it'll limber up my tongue I See, think a little those bit. Those weren't
0: real words, but uh but uh
1: that's your saying. So, one <laughs> last question that I wanted to answer in part 1 of this week's yawa is from Barnsey84 on Instagram. Nice. When picking a breeder, what are important factors to consider looking at buying my first hunting dog and wanting to get a GSP? What questions should be asked? Should we be asking a breeder or things you should look for when visiting the breeder? Your content is awesome and very helpful in getting ready for my first hunting dog. So I wanted to just mention that we just did a video um, and it's hard. I understand like our videos, we are, we're coming up with a video almost once a day and They get buried pretty quickly. We try and put some into some playlists to make them easier to find. We're trying to do a little restructuring of our YouTube channel right now and get a little more organized with some more playlists. Uh, But there's a lot of content on there. So if you missed the video where we talked about how to pick a breeder and puppy, you should definitely check it out because it had a lot of great information. And I wanted to bring it up because... We are getting closer to going to pick up a lab puppy that we worked through the process of picking a breeder, and he's going to help us pick a puppy from a litter that he helped us pick uh, in the beginning of August.
0: Yes, very short period of time from now, we will be labbed up again.
1: So hopefully the link for that video can pop up here somewhere, but It would be a great one to check out. We talk about the questions you should be asking, how to have a conversation with a breeder. Even though it's a lab versus a shorthair, there's still a lot of similar questions that you're going to want to be asking. Absolutely. So do we have time for another one? Yeah. (gasps) I love it when he says yes. So next question. He tells me no quite a bit. Yeah. So this was a good question, too, from G. Sander underscore four oh two on Instagram. In field testing dogs are required to be steady to flush, shot and kill. For a hundred percent hunting dog, no testing, do you recommend this or just for the dogs to be steady to flush? So this is a really good question because we've got a video series going on right now showing how we are steadying up a dog to be steady to wing shot and fall with hatch. We actually just shot another video today of that process um, that'll be getting- He's doing
0: a really nice job.
1: Yeah, he really is. And it's awesome because we're able to show the progression and the step-by-step process of what we do to get a dog really steady to that level. Um, And he's still got a long ways to go, of course, but Mm -hmm. we are making really great progress with him and we're sharing that progress with you. So if you are interested in that type of steadiness training, definitely check it out um, and make sure that you have notifications turned on so you can continue following along with his progress. But if you were just having a meat hunting dog, I would say steady to flush is a really great level of steadiness for that. So but that's it gonna also be holding
0: de- point until the bird takes off and then the dog can take off with the bird.
1: Yes, but one little caveat is it really depends what you're hunting as well as if you're hunting wild birds versus maybe some preserved birds and the quality of preserved birds you might be hunting. So if you're hunting wild birds, pheasants for example, um, even out in Montana where you were hunting, uh, really wide open country, yeah. the dogs broke at wing. So, we're steady to flush. As soon as the bird went, they went. They were able to get on those uh, birds quicker and make some really great retrieves and then continue hunting really quickly.
0: Yep. Uh, all of my dogs when I guide, all of my dogs when we hunt, except for when we go to Texas to hunt quail, um, break at wing. Now, the reason for the quail aspect of things is we put a ton of emphasis on steadiness with quail and around quail and about quail and with the quail and all the quail. When we're doing hunt tests, because primarily in those hunt tests where they're running master hunter, they use quail. So dogs get pretty tuned in with quail mean don't uh, don't move. And we have a really cool setup down there that uh, allows me to be able to continue handling dogs that way for the most part. Um,
1: and truly, most of our dogs, once you know they have finished their testing at that high level and they go hunting, especially on quail, If they think that they're going to break at wing, one little handle, one little correction, and they're like, oh, got it. I know the game now. We're going to stand steady. So um, definitely, like I mentioned, depends on what you're hunting. And I wanted to throw in there, like if you're doing a lot of preserve hunts, sometimes those birds can fly really low or don't fly as well. So handling a dog steady to wing, shot, and fall is potentially a safety situation where you'd rather have them under control so that the birds are getting up flushing and having a safe opportunity to shoot before the dog is actually moving after the bird absolutely so great thanks everybody for watching
0: yeah it was a great question thanks everybody for watching that's the end of part one for this week we're going to take a short break and we will be back with part two very soon Welcome back to part 2 of this week's Yawa.
1: I'm Cat the dog trainer,
0: the guy with the pink gun. And if this is your first time to the channel and this is your first time watching our stuff, hopefully this is a good enough one to keep you focused on more videos. So Huzzah! subscribe. Yeah, hit the subscribe button down there guys. We really appreciate that. Now, we are everybody always wants to know. I'm sipping on the Jefferson Ocean Aged at Sea Voyage
1: 7. And I am sipping on this Abeja Red Blend. Both of these are being drank, drunk, sipped out of a uh, Glencairn Gulch Distilleries glass. I know it's wine, but hey, these are cool glasses. And we just got them from a great friend and client now because Everybody that comes out and picks up a puppy is now family, so Chris was able to bring us some libations and these cool little glasses, so we wanted to say thank you, and we are going to enjoy them absolutely during Yawa. Let's get
0: started with some questions.
1: These are some good ones, uh, and I'm going to try and keep a little bit of a theme going for you like as things. much as I can. I like theme. So, first question from Ink Lognito, <laughs> Ink Lognito on Instagram. <laughs> Hopefully, I said that right. Must-have products for training. This is a great question.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break this one down real real easy. Like, you go to StandingStoneKennels.com/store, click Buy One of All, <laughs> give me the lot, and you will have everything you need.
1: But in all seriousness, you don't need to quite go to that extreme. But things that I would definitely say are good things to have, kind of starting from the puppy basics on is a clicker. We all recommend starting with clicker training. The minute you get your new puppy, um, even if you have an older dog that hasn't had any of this training, definitely you can clicker train them. So getting a clicker, getting some training treats, Uh, To work through that with, using their meals, uh, their kibble for training as well is also a really good option. If your puppy's a little more picky and not as food motivated, a higher value treat can be very beneficial.
0: Yep. Some kind of training specific treats usually have a really, really, really good flavor and And they're they're small and soft and...
1: And we also have, we have both of those things on our website. So I know that it's going to sound like
0: a a broken record. No, we have a majority of the things on our online store. So you can go to one place and find everything. And we're continuously adding to that to make it easier. We get a recommendation. If we have something to recommend to you, we're trying to get it there so that you can go to one place and find it.
1: Yeah, because all of the things that are on our website are things that we use and recommend and test and work with. So it's not like, oh, yeah, just go Google it and see if you can find something that might work. So
0: um, training bumpers are probably going to be a good idea.
1: Yes. And if you got a puppy, a smaller puppy size one so that they can get their mouth on it, um, and pick it up and not just grabbing it by the string. So yep. if you get a smaller size puppy bumper, that's going to be really helpful.
0: We have uh, DT systems makes it, it's called a winged flyer and those wing flyers have a little more movement and then black and white change. And that contrast really pulls the dog's attention and gets their focus Uh, visually, to see, oh, that's something to go chase and catch.
1: Yeah, because these dogs, they're prey-driven animals, so that really kicks that prey drive into high gear. So we really like the puppy flyers. Um, And then if you haven't started... Eventually an e-collar. That's what I was... You uh-huh. read my mind. I said, if you haven't picked up an e-collar yet or started collar conditioning, um, you could maybe pick up a check cord so that you're working on retrieves and working on some recall in the yard, things like that. You and have attachment to that puppy. Yes,
0: and we have check cords on our website. You yep. see where I'm going with this. But they, um, they're they made out of a different material than you're going to find pretty much anywhere else. And it's a lot easier on your hands. It holds up better. It stays clean, dry, doesn't get tangled. All of those wonderful things, so... Same material
1: cord. as our Easy Leads are made out of.
0: Yeah, and that'd be another one, just a standard leash for... And our Easy Lead specifically is a multi-step process that gives you a head halter, then a slip lead, then just a standard four and a half or standard six foot clip leash. Mm-hmm. All stainless material, lifetime warranted. We don't really warranty them if your dog chews them in half. They are not chew proof, folks, but...
1: Your dog's not going to pull against it and break it, that's nah, for sure. it
0: ain't going to happen. Mm-mm.
1: And then uh, we utilize place training a ton in training with our dogs. Yes. So a it's c-
0: Very, 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 very. Add a couple more varies for me.
1: Very, very, very.
0: Very, very, very important tool.
1: Because we can utilize place training for many things. We've got a video out on why place training is so important and how mm-hmm. to calm down your dog. And then uh, as
0: well as the three, three steps. That's right? what I was getting at. Yeah, say the, it.
1: Oh, I'll say it then. So you want to be able to work through distance where you can send your dog to a dog bed from a distance. Then you want to be able to have duration where they can stay on that dog bed for longer and then through distraction so that they can stay there when lots of activities and things are going on. And all those things are going to ultimately have a calming effect on your dog where they can settle down, be a part of the family and not get into everything. And that can super well transition to hunting with a dog out of a blind as well. So... We love Coranda's dog beds. They're these raised platform beds. They're on our website as well. Super durable. They're very durable, as well as they create a distinct boundary from being on a bed, off a bed. The dogs love them. They have slip covers. They've got bolster beds, so they can be really comfy, um, as well as they're super easy to clean and wipe down.
0: 100%. The problem with those standard pillows that you see at wherever you're going to go buy a dog bed is, they usually um, come down to pinched corners. So they act as if a, like your regular pillow for your head. Um, They come to those pinched corners and it makes it easier for the dog to kind of go, well, I'm now on the carpet, which feels close enough to the bed. But like Kat said, those raised platforms, it's a very distinct difference between the bed and the ground. And not the bed. Yeah. On the bed, I'm off the bed.
1: Yep. So a place, type of dog bed um, would also be very helpful. Then when you start getting into more field stuff and bird work, Having a bird bag is nice so that when you're out in the field, you've got your birds and you've got some place to keep them instead of putting it in your pocket or I don't even know what. So yep. um, I don't even know if we actually have anything on our we website. We don't.
0: we kind of been working on that for a little while. There's a, The problem is we use multiple different brands of them, so I'm not really married to anything as far as a this is the best option. They kind of all work, but they, I don't have one yet that we can.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're looking, though, I like Field King's. Um, they Bill hold King's up made by well. Gun
0: Dogs Unlimited. You can find that at gundogsunlimited.com um, on there, and it's their their private brand if you will is field king stuff but it seems
1: to be a little more durable we're really tough on all of our equipment so durability toughness things that are going to last are really important to us so we've been
0: dog on anybody but the the lion country supply ones are not quite as as good there for
1: us we replace them way too frequently for them to be as
0: but the Gun dot supply.com ones are are pretty good too so
1: so uh bird bag and then I would also say you probably want, we really like using launchers because it can make timing so perfect. And timing is the number one most important thing of dog training. If you disagree with me and you think there is something more important I'd like to hear when it you comes think to it dog is. training, I want to know. Put it in the comments. I'm open to I hearing your I will keyboard your warrior opinion. back at you.
0: I will keyboard warrior back at you. If, But I want to hear realistically uh, what you think is more important than timing. Timing and why you think that, uh, if you so do. If not, just throw a like in there and a quick comment that says, Yeah, timing rocks.
1: Woo. But so bird launchers make that timing and training really nice when it comes to your puppy basic stuff because mm-hmm. you don't have to be able to actually get all the way in front of your puppy to flush the bird. You don't have to hold your puppy back with a that, check cord. That's an
0: important thing to say and to touch on. People say, Well, why don't you just train with a check cord? And then you don't have to worry about it. Well, at that point, we're no longer developing a dog's natural ability to point. We're developing a dog's ability to understand restraint.
1: It's the same thing, though, if you're trying to teach a dog to sit, and they won't sit, but you constantly push their butt to the ground, push their butt to the ground. Mm-hmm. They're not actually learning the sit behavior. They're just learning you push your hand on their butt, and their butt hits the ground, and that must be the sit behavior. So
0: so the bird launchers we're using are, again, made by DT Systems. They are available on our website. And if you send us private messages, sometimes we have good deals on used equipment. A lot of times we'll notate those there. We don't currently have any, but don't hesitate to reach out and see if we've got something. Maybe we can make you a deal.
1: We really like the 509 series because it's a little bit smaller. So you can use it for pigeons, chucker, and quail really easily. Uh, Not going to be big enough for a pheasant, but we don't do a ton of launcher work with pheasants. But the nice thing about the launchers. The
0: pheasants, you're probably better off just setting or using um, a cone. Utilizing, if you need. Yeah, utilizing a cone. And that's not something we've created a video on, but I think we'll probably do it because we've been um, we've been needing. We've talked one. about yeah, it you know, for a while. A so put it in the docket.
1: I know. Producer, put it on the list. Exactly. If add we that had to a, my if we had a producer. Um, so bird launchers though, I wanted to mention people are always saying, well, they're so expensive. Well, they are an expense. However, being able to utilize proper timing timing, and then you're not sending your dog to a professional trainer, so you're saving money there. And you can't skimp when it comes to training your dog or you're going to get not a well-trained dog. So um, the other side of it is you can continue to utilize those bird launchers through advanced training as well so if your ultimate goal is to run your puppy through maybe the natural ability test or get them prepped for hunting season and then you're maybe interested in working through some steadiness stuff senior hunter master hunter upt utility uh you can always through the
0: invitational you can utilize them to help with with backing
1: and well you can use it for backing drills as well as you can use it for marks for the blind oh the launchers can have a ton of uses so They are an investment, but they're a very multi-purpose training tool that can go through the life of your dog.
0: Then you can start renting them out to people. (laughs) I mean, the opportunities are endless, folks. Endless.
1: So we talked about a bird launcher, um, not a, I would recommend a minimum of two. Yeah. Three is like this magic number. I don't know what it is about threes, but threes really Don't get seem-
0: four. Don't get five. I had six one time and it's just too dang many So we just launchers.
1: split it up and bought another transmitter and had two, three system units for a while, but we only use one right now. Um, so that would be, those would be like my go-to training products um, as well as a Crate. I don't think I mentioned that, um, but when you get a puppy, you're going to probably want a smaller crate. Yep. You can get something maybe a little less expensive because our puppies are growing out of that small-sized crate between 12 and 16 weeks usually. Yeah. Then we're moving on to like a medium intermediate-sized crate, um, and there's a couple great options. Uh, Lucky Duck has a really nice, very safe crate that you can use for traveling in the back of your vehicle. It locks. It's got a five-star crash rating. So. Um, it's typically a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than we start our puppies out on because we're working on potty training and crate training and we want them to build on success. It's like
0: halfway between an intermediate and a large. Yeah. So, pretty much any dog at or under 60 pounds, it's going to be a great size finished crate for. Any dog that's kind of around that 60 pounds or bigger, you're going to need their next size, which they are coming out with, I believe, by the end of. The year maybe is what soon, I heard.
1: Coming soon to, coming a, to a website near, website you. near you. yep um, But that would be another option um, is to wait for that larger size. But definitely a crate. We recommend crate training and keeping your dog in a crate when you're traveling for their safety as well as your safety is really important.
0: Watch our video. It's called 24 Hours a Day in the Life of a Puppy. And we take little Thunderbutt when he was a little little teeny tiny tyke and said, this is what we're doing every day, filmed everything. First thing in the morning, we get up, we start pretty early most days and got up, let him out. He went back in his crate while we started working. Then he progressed through the day with his training session and his crate time. And then we went out to dinner. We happened to go out to dinner that evening. So he spent some time in his crate there, but we had some playtime intermixed in that and showed how we kind of keep track of the potty breaks while he's out and then the time that he spends in his crate. And then also how we work through his whining and crying and, you know, those aspect of things. It's it's pretty normal for dogs to want to be part of things, want to be with you, want to be around you. They're pack animals. They like to be with the pack, but they have to understand that that's not 100% of how life's going to be for them. So it's better for them in the long run to be able to be feel, feeling comfortable alone. So definitely check that video out. It's only and you know, it's been within the last few weeks here. So we you have a playlist have on thunder far. stuff. So oh, thunder's playlist is started.
1: Thunder's playlist is started. So, so you can there. find it in a playlist, which makes it easier.
0: YouTube playlists. Yes. Us.
1: So I would say that is probably the majority of training tools and products that we recommend. For most training. Anything Mm -hmm. else you can think of? I think that's a really Mm -hmm. good list to start out with. There's lots of other extras that you can get from whistles, to platforms, to dog blinds, to bumper launchers, to... uh, Did I say whistles?
0: You said whistles. I said whistles. To
1: flags, to (laughs) bird belts, to bird crates, to... All the things but uh, I wouldn't say those are all must-haves uh, but definitely the ones that we talked about are what I would consider going fall has.
0: into the must-have yeah what you talked about there there's a lot of optionals there's, there's a lot optionals, of optionals yeah but.
1: and then that kind of segues into our next question from just in red from Instagram what e-collars do you use and why so we, we t-
0: use and recommend DT systems insert uh, sponsorship bumper here
1: Yes, and we use them because they are very durable and tough. We need collars that are going to last, like I talked about before with our products. We are hard on training equipment, and so we need something that's going to last, it's going to hold up, it's going to be consistent uh, because, oh yeah, timing is really important. So we use DT System stuff. I love the fact that they have a vibrate feature on all the collars that we're using.
0: You would like that vibrate feature.
1: <laughs> as well as, now I'm flustered. Um, I really like the range that those collars get. They're very uh, consistent. They have an antenna that runs through the collar strap, so it gets longer range on their systems as well as more consistent range. And they're really simple to use. Uh, You know, the buttons are very well labeled. You don't have to rotate a dial to get from one feature to the next feature. So you've got a button for vibrate, a button for continuous, and a button for nix. And... That is on all of their collars: the RAP 1400, the RAP 1450, the 1820, the H2O 1820, and the MR 1100 for sure. All of and all of those buttons coincide with one specific feature, and then they've got different levels of stimulation. So,
0: and you go up to their top tier collar, which is their SPT series, their Super Pro Trainer.
1: And again, all the buttons all are the buttons. separate.
0: Yep, all the buttons. Now, the other side of it, I made a little uh, comment about the sponsor aspect of things, right? But the cool thing about this company is that they are a small family-run company and they've been with us for nearly a decade now and believed in us when we were small, believed in us through this whole thing and now are happy and willing to support what we're doing, which is a big part of why, you know, we are still with them. They're they have a great product, they're a great company and a great gr- a great group of people in the the grand scheme of things if you like small businesses and some ordering smaller businesses, that's that's them, you know? Tritronics would have been the second oldest e-collar company that was still in the books, and they got bought up by a giant company, Garmin, right? So um, the yeah. folks that are still in the business...
1: I was going to say, every time I call into DT Systems for customer service, to place an order for a question, I beep, 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 I push zero to get through to whoever. Alicia always answers... And I'm like, "Oh, hi, Alicia." And she and I don't even say who I am. I just say, "Oh, hi, Alicia." And she says, "Oh, well, hi, Cat. How are you doing?" in her sweet southern voice. and it's just it's awesome to feel like we matter to them as well, not just, "Oh, we're another number on the books. Absolutely. So, good question. Uh, we definitely have all of those e-collars that we recommend on our website, and I'm in the process of putting together a flow chart to help pick your e-collar. So, what features are most important to you? Multi-dog, beeper units, things like that to follow through. If you pick yes, you go this way. If you pick no, you go this way, and then it'll ultimately help you pick directly which collar is going to be the best option for you. So,
0: absolutely.
1: Next question, which is also a training question, I think probably the last one that we have time for in part two is from Andrew Hotsman on Instagram. What would be the minimum length table for the trained retrieve?
0: I'm going to go with 16 foot would be the minimum length table on the trained retrieve aspect of things.
1: Okay, so that is the length of table that we are using. now.
0: Okay, so I did a lot, a lot, a lot of dogs on an eight-foot table. You take a sheet of plywood, cut the sucker in half, and you have a eight foot by 24 inches wide table.
1: That would be eight by two feet, just for you guys with the math problems.
0: Yep. So, um, but the problem with it is you don't get to gain momentum. Now, I do 100% understand. I have one dog. What am I doing? I'm going to create this giant table monstrosity thing for the sake of one dog and it's going to be used for a month. And then what do I do with it? Well,
1: probably more than a month, but you know, I get your gist. One
0: to two months. It's going to be used forever. Correct. Yep. So there's a lot of different options out there as well as, um, you know, kind of makeshifting a workbench or something along those lines can be a good option or build the table Tear the table down, use the lumber for something else. But if you can create, if you can splurge on making that 16-foot table.
1: Which would be taking a sheet of plywood, cutting it in half, and using both halves to make a 16-by-2-foot table. The math. I'm just helping you out there. Yes. Yes. And the reason that we like a longer table is because, like Ethan said, we really like to build momentum. And mm-hmm. the process of the train retrieve, dogs can start to freeze and get sticky and not move. And movement is really important with this process. Absolutely. You get a dog that wants to freeze. You need to get them moving. Well, if they can only take one or two steps and then they're at the end of the table, well, our momentum just went out the window and... That's,
0: and that's the way it was. On that eight-foot table, that's what we had to do. It was like, we did one rep this way, we turned around, we did one rep this way, we turned around, we did one rep this way. And on the 16-foot table, you can do rep, 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 turn around. And some dogs get weird about the turnaround even. You have to come back to this end and start over again in the beginning stages. Um, there's a lot of tips and tricks to this. Pretty much every dog that I have done over the years has been different.
1: And that would be one other caveat I would put in for the trained retrieve process is... It is the biggest learning curve with anything that we are working on for advanced stuff because dogs respond completely differently. It's hard to get one or get two dogs to react the same way through the entire process. So the
0: general idea and steps that you're going through are similar, but the dog's responses are all different. Now, all of that being said, we still have just a couple spots open for our, our seminar. This would be short notice for y'all watching this, but it is this coming weekend, July eighteenth yeah, and
1: nineteenth. Yes. July
0: eighteenth and nineteenth, two thousand twenty. For all you that watch this down the road, um, we have a few spots left, and we're going to go through step by step as well as help you with your dog or help wherever Answer your you're questions.
1: At. If you don't have a dog, but you just want to learn a little more about the process. Yep. Definitely, you can come without a dog and follow along with that process.
0: But we're going to be going through all of it this weekend. It's a two-day seminar. Um, It's going to be absolutely fantastic learning experience if formal retrieving work is important to you.
1: As well as we have one of those um, training video series that we talked about earlier about one of our early series that's real good.
0: Yeah, check it out. I'm supporting some long hair and some even longer uh, sideburns there. So
1: And very soon, we will be putting out a new and improved and just updated Trained Retrieve series. Uh, once we are fully into the new building, we'll be able to do that in there where we don't have a bunch of dogs watching in their kennels and crates from uh, a distraction standpoint. And then we'll be putting up an entire new Trained Retrieve series, but that will probably be a month plus from now, so...
0: That is all we've got, guys, for part two this week. Thanks for watching, and we will see you after a short break. Goodbye. I do no, no, I must have just like half pushed the button or something because it was like flashing. Bing, Your bing, bing, bing.
1: button pushing skills are. I'm not, not up to I'm par. I'm not a master in
0: button pushing skills. Well, leave Unless me. Unless they're cats' buttons. I was going to say, and leave me push, to push
1: the buttons. I'm a good button pusher. I can push
0: all them buttons.
1: <laughs> Goodness. Okay, guys, we are back with part three of this week's Yawa, and we had really great questions in both parts, uh, as well as we talked about the beverages we are drinking. So check Little those out. cups. Yeah, check that out in part one check, and part check, two. Check it out. Subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss any of these other videos that we put out. Yeah,
0: we really appreciate everybody that subscribes.
1: And it's really kind of crazy because uh, we get a lot of views and things like that. Well, a lot for us. And then we're small
0: time on YouTube. We're 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 appreciating y'all helping us get slightly bigger small time.
1: Yeah, slowly but surely. But it's crazy. We go and we look at our stats, and it's like, huh, 66% of the people that watch your videos don't subscribe. So we're like, Please subscribe. That would make our day. Don't
0: be like the 66%. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button. Exactly. Right mail.
1: So this is a good question to start out with. Um, I know we're in the middle of the summer, but this is something to plan ahead for come hunting season this fall when we're out in the field. From Aaron Mumbleu, and I'm sorry if I butchered your name on Facebook. You definitely did. It looks like mumble-ow. mumble I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are the key medical essentials you guys bring on a hunting trip for your dogs? And this was seconded by Allison Ozzel and thirded by Jesse Hohenstein. So.
0: So I want to I wanna say right off the bat, the thing that I, top of my list is I bring a private veterinarian <laughs> with me on every hunting trip.
1: Dr. Peter Armstrong.
0: Dr. Peter <laughs> Armstrong in the house. Representative.
1: Well, he doesn't actually get to go on every single hunting experience since you guide for like three weeks out of the year.
0: He's working on it, though. He's pretty soon going to be my guiding aficionado.
1: Assistant guide slash assistant private vet.
0: Assistant to the guide slash private vet.
1: Okay. So if you guys all can't keep your own private vet on staff and bring them along on all your hunting trips, however... On
0: staff. That's funny. That's like I'm like I'm going to actually pay him or something. <laughs>
1: Peter, don't watch this video. Just kidding. Um, Things, though, that we recommend is, A, we have a med kit on our website. It is currently listed as out of stock because, due to COVID... We can't
0: get anything.
1: Not anything, but a lot of the things have been hard to get, and... Anything
0: medical-related. We are trying not to steal those things for your bird-dog adventures this fall and allowing people that truly need them to have them.
1: Right, so, but the list... Also known as... They just say out of stock. They say out of stock. Um, But the list is there, what's included in our med kit. And come this fall, it is, again, going to be available. We may make a few slight changes to it, but Mm -hmm. it will be available come this fall because we know how important it is, the health of your bird dog, being prepared when you're in the field. But there's quite a few things on there. A few of the things that I like to really mention is uh, some type of gauze bandage and vet wrap because your dog could get a laceration. Uh, the, Gauze
0: vet rep and a stapler get a hold yes. of the stapler.
1: Yep, and Ethan actually put a video together with going over what's in our med kit and showed how to use that stapler on his <coughs> own arm, <coughs> as well as showed how to remove the staples from his own arm. So, um, put, this is
0: real life, folks.
1: Yeah, put that link down here so people can watch that adventure. Um, but so a stapler and definitely. Just go ahead, try it out on your own arm, see how it works, get I comfortable using it.
0: I was hunting back in two thousand I don't even know what this story is. Well, you're gonna hear this story here in a minute. Um
1: back what, in the
0: twenty twenty two? Probably two thousand twelve. And we were I was hunting with some gentlemen. They had two of their dogs. I had a couple dogs with me. I was quote unquote guiding. And that was back
1: when we were in Norton. Yes. You're talking about Mike?
0: uh yeah Veal. yeah 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 so you have
1: heard this story well i've heard a lot of ethan's stories i just didn't know which one we were getting into but all i needed was a little context and boom i read his mind and i got it
0: mm-hmm. yep so had the dog we're hunting we hunt these first field we killed a few birds moved a couple coveys quail some pheasants it was a good morning start to the morning how huh? hit the next spot i'm like this one's gonna be good in the back of it's this little plum thicket and you get around that sucker and <laughs> birds everywhere well we didn't quite make it there. there was a division this field was divided up pretty strangely for a little bit of grazing through the draw because they didn't try and farm the draw they just farmed up top and um, I was like, hey you know Mike she looks like she's running a little bit off and he's like, yeah I, I don't know maybe she's just getting tired it's getting warmer or whatever and well I said I, I don't know let's go let's go take a look it seemed so we go over and look and she's literally cut. All the way up to her abdomen. And there's not really guts falling out yet, but, I mean, they were close. It was a complete whoosh. And there was some, some exposure of things that shouldn't be on the outside of the body. And... Um, At that time, I didn't have anything with me, but had I had a stapler, it would have made a big difference to be able to keep the stuff there so we could get to the
1: vet. Not staple it up and doctor this yourselves and call it good and keep hunting. No, no, no.
0: no, Not in this situation. But um, it was definitely one of those things that a stapler and knowing how to use it uh, would have been really beneficial at that point in time. We just picked her up, carried her upside down, basically the mile back to the truck and um, then took her into the vet, so...
1: So definitely something for cuts, lacerations, things like that would be important. Uh, We really like using a thermometer as well to just gauge. If our dogs are coming out of the truck first thing in the morning and just acting dumpy and we're just not sure what's going on, first thing I check is temperature. Second thing I check is their gums to see if they have Mm -hmm. a nice reaction, stay in pink. Um, We also carry some sub-Q fluids with us. And something that you can get also is to bait your dog's water because sometimes dogs don't know that they need a drink, especially if you're hunting in cooler temperatures. They don't feel as thirsty, so we'll either float their food to force some hydration or you can get some supplements that will actually um, make them want to drink more. What else would you say are really good things to keep on hand? We have, in our med kit, we have a flashlight. It's um, some tweezers, things like that. So if you have to look down in ears or look up noses or it's just dark out and you need to check something, um, having a flashlight or your cell phone, a lot of them have flashlights as well. uh, A flashlight that we
0: include in that, though, is small enough that, and typically you would say I'd put it in my mouth so I can hold it and see exactly what I'm looking at and have both of my hands free. Yeah,
1: because I'm pretty sure. Well, you might right. be able to do it with a little pop socket. socket. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you're like trying to hold it under your chin and do things. And yeah, so being able to hold it in your mouth is nice. Plus, you can look down in their mouths a little bit as well. Um, so that's something that we recommend. Um, what else? Help me out here. I haven't looked at that list in a while. Mm-hmm. We, oh, a disinfectant. So we use chlorhexidine. That's a diluted version in a mm-hmm. spray. So you can buy a
0: majority of this stuff on Amazon.
1: Yeah, um, you can as well as we also have like hydrogen peroxide if a dog like ingests something and you need them to vomit it up hydrogen peroxide is a good go-to we also have things like oh we've got benadryl in there so if they have an allergic reaction or they get bit by a snake not that that's going to necessarily save the day but it's going to give you some more time um nutri or like honey packets, something like that. So you've got some natural sugars and energies if your dog hits a you know, a nutritional bottom, which is also why we really recommend teaching your dogs to eat. That's important. Dogs that go hunting on an empty stomach it's because they important. haven't eaten for days because they're picky and you're been on the road uh, are going to well, lack energy.
0: Not even an empty stomach. I'm talking like a two, three-day empty stomach. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah.
1: They haven't eaten for two or three days because you're on the road trip
0: we hear that all the time. You know? It's like, hey, uh, my dog has eaten since I left the house. Well, it took you two days to get out here, and then we finished hunting today. So we're on day three. They're still choosing not to eat. Now, granted, old uh, Chunky Monkey there could probably lose a pound or two, but it doesn't but it doesn't work. starving themselves for three days yeah. is not the way to do that.
1: Especially because they're not going to have the energy that they need to continue hunting. Or if they keep trying to hunt, they could have a seizure or make themselves sick because- yeah. They don't have the nutrition that they need. Absolutely. Um, I'm pulling up my list because I'm trying to pull up my list, but it's working really slow.
0: Come on, interwebs.
1: I know. Come up with something else real quick. I don't know. We've got hemostats usually on that list. We've got scissors. We've got... That's all I got is like elevator music. Uh, there's actually a little book that we put in there that is a first aid kit book. It's a pretty good little book. It is a really good book. We, we read through it before we put it in there. We didn't write it or anything like that. Um, but it's not something that I would recommend just getting and chucking in your med kit. I would recommend getting it, reading through it, familiarizing yourself with some of the information and then <laughs> putting Maybe it like, in here.
0: Hmm. My dog's all cut up real bad. How to use a stapler. Right. Chapter 7, Part 1. Okay, so
1: (laughs) I'm not listening to you anymore. A muzzle actually isn't a bad idea because if your dog is truly hurt, they may end up trying to bite when you're trying to staple them up or suture them up. Not suture them up, but wrap them up or something like that. And keeping you safe as well as them not freaking out wouldn't be a bad idea to keep you both safe. Uh, We put... um, cotton swabs those aren't like the number one things but they're not a bad idea to have especially if you're going on a long hunting trip nail clippers um eye wash and eye lube that's a good one because if your dog gets something in their eye and they're really struggling you need to be able to flush that out but you also need to be able to add the lubricant back in so you need both um Most of the rest of the things are not like, oh my gosh, you have to have these, but they're good things to have on hand. So we, hey, without even looking at our list, we kind of got all the number ones. It's as if
0: it's up here.
1: It's as if we we, uh, use this information every once in a while. So that was a good question. I want to move on to some of the other questions because this was a theme, the potty training theme.
0: Nice. I love potty training. It's my favorite part of puppies.
1: (sighs) Yes. From Sarah underscore Toddy. We're potty training our nine-week-old puppy. Should we give her treats when she goes outside or just praise? We've been trying to just pay close attention to her and haven't punished her for going inside. We're trying to stick to positive reinforcement like you all suggest. Good plan. Now, another question about potty training, and I wanted to kind of meld these two, was from Leslie Halliday1980, also on Instagram. We are training our nine-week-old lab to pee outside, followed by lots of praise and occasional treats, but he's having accidents inside straight after, which is very frustrating. Why would he do this? Should we scold him if he wee's in the house? Thank you. And pointer underscore sister underscore adventures also said, same exact issue over here. So like I said, this seems like a very common question, so I wanted to hit on it.
0: So there's a couple things going on. First of all, to touch on the very first question that you brought up, um, not disciplining for the potty accidents inside would be the key. All we ever do is redirect. That's all we ever do.
1: And try and interrupt if we catch, them. Yeah,
0: if we catch them in the act, it's, hey, 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 make some noise, do something, try and get them stopped. If you're close enough, pick them up, flip them on their back. Whew, that'll usually get them to stop pottying and then get them outside and then spend the time. Now you've just distracted them from the task at hand, but it's gonna take a little while. You get them outside, they're gonna have the ability and then pay more attention next time. Now, your um, treat question or positive question or praise question, all of those things fall into the same category. You can click or treat, click or train, excuse me, the potty training aspect of things, just the same as you can anything else. But the key to that is timing which we talked about in an earlier episode today and multiple before that's the most important thing in dog training is timing the but use your clicker you want to mark the end of pottying not the start of pottying because
1: we don't want to distract them and have them but, lose focus from pottying
0: but even more you know more involved in that is the clicker marks and ends the behavior so if you're marking the Ooh, we just squatted to start peeing. You're also ending that behavior, and it's going to distract them because they're like, ha-ha, a treat, here it comes. So watch them pee. Don't say anything. Don't move. Don't look at them. Don't even blink. Don't do not do anything. And as soon as they drip, 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 see the end, and they stand up, click, mark, praise, good, all of the things, that was what we wanted. You to empty your bladder without distractions, and then we can move on.
1: Because puppies have very short extension spans too, and sometimes they'll pee and then they'll stop because even a leaf blew across the yard and something. Like, oh, yep. What was that? And they actually need to pee again before they come inside. Uh, so watching and reading your dog is really important as well.
0: Now somebody else said the other one that you read said something to the effect of. Um, Going outside and pottying, then coming back in and having accidents yes. again? Yes,
1: and it didn't specifically say if they're watching the puppy potty outside and then bringing them in immediately or so if we they heard, went... we heard a question on, about on. that
0: too. Or then, went potty
1: then. outside and then they spent another 10, 15 minutes outside playing, then came inside. So timing can be really important in this scenario yeah, as we well. Need
0: to know, we need to know a little bit more, but the, it comes down to... So the dog goes outside to potty, right? They pee then they come back inside. They shouldn't be going pee again immediately. They shouldn't have another accident unless they were interrupted midstream or the other side of it is they are drinking too much water. And any of us that have probably tried, it's like you get that, they say you're supposed to drink one ounce of water per pound of body weight per day. If you've ever attempted to do that and been successful in a consistent regimen of-
1: You're peeing like every 20 minutes.
0: It's a lot. And even, you know, as an adult who has bladder control and understands the game of going to the restroom and coming back, it's like, oh my God, I got to pee now. So all of those things being considered, if your dog is at or above that necessary hydration level, they're going to have to pee all the time. And they have no bladder control. It's like a baby where you change a diaper all the time. So you have to keep in mind, these are babies, right? They are not adults with an understanding of what's going on or a lot of bladder, bladder control. control. Yep. Yeah. So k- keep in mind all of those things. Now, the next side of it is make sure that you're having success outside. And then like Kat said, timing wise, are they are you kicking them out the door to play and then bringing them back in? Or are you kicking them out the door and watching them go to the bathroom, bringing them back in, they're going to the bathroom. So those are some important things to yeah. know what's going and
1: on. Yeah, and those are places that um, we need a little bit more information. This happens all the time where we get just... Enough of an idea, enough of a understanding of this situation that we have more questions. <laughs> Where we're like, okay, what's exactly going on? Are these things happening as well? And uh, reaching out to us on our online dog training community on Patreon is a really great way for us to have these conversations. That's going to be the ticket. For us to pull more information out of you yep. through it's our interrogation p- purposes.
0: It's oh, patreon.com slash standingstonekennels. <laughs> and I sit down. <laughs> Answer those things every single day. Typically, I take Sundays off. Um, but it is a. a or a, when his
1: phone falls in the lake. Or
0: when I drop my phone in the lake, I typically take a day off. Um, but if you get those questions out to me, I'm sitting down answering them usually in the morning. I try to. There's a very, very, very few days that I don't get to all of them in one day. But definitely hit us up there. Standing Stone Kennels. Excuse me. Patreon.com slash Standing Stone Kennels. Um, And sign up for the tier that best fits you. All the descriptions are there.
1: So definitely reach out there if you're having more problems or if you just need to get us some more information so we can get you a better answer. Because sometimes we just need more information. Can I ask another question? Are you going to like shut me down?
0: No, we're shut down, baby.
1: (sighs) He's such a fun sucker. Yes.
0: Yes, I am.
1: Well, that's all the time that we have apparently for this week's third installment of Yawa so if you didn't get your question answered which there were a bunch more that I really wanted to get to make sure they're asking them next week so that we can get to them
0: or if you want answers meow uh, head over to patreon.com slash standing stone kennels and again we answer those questions on the daily definitely uh, we appreciate all the questions that did come in and we appreciate everybody that watches our fan base and everybody that subscribes whoop, whoop, whoop.
1: and I'm out of wine thanks Chris I'm out of whiskey and we're out of time this week and we will see you in the next video.